I'm Alex Coughlin of New Japan Pro Wrestling and the captain of the LA Dojo. You're listening to Wrestle In. All right, let's do this one more time. My name is Kieran RH, and I was bitten by a radioactive Katsuyori Shibata. And for the past zero years, I've been the one and only podcast host of Into the Wrestleverse. Hi, I'm Libby. Um, you've probably heard me being annoying on other podcasts before for wrestling. Um, and I'm also here today uh, to talk all things wrestling. My name is Trent, and I'm not here to talk about wrestling. I'm here to talk about Batman because DC is better than Marvel. Forget Spider Man. Starting off quick with the spicy takes there, Trent. Um, hey, if we're starting I'm, this thing off, we're starting it off right. I'm gonna gonna set myself up as the one who gets all of the negative attention, uh, just to protect you guys, because I'm nice like that. Wow, that's oh. so, we're so grateful, Trent. Mm, mm, yes, heap me with your praise after the fact. <laughs> as this is our first episode, I wanted to give a quick idea of what to expect, and it's not going to be a discussion about Marvel versus DC, as you might have guessed from the uh, the title having wrestle in the name. Uh, we hope this will be <laughs> we hope this will be very loose, very fun, free friends chatting about the wrestling we love, and the hot topics of conversation taking place in the wrestling world at the moment. No rhyme or reason, no logic or plan. Usually, you'd want to avoid a train wreck, but hopefully, you will have fun joining us for this one. And. I thought a perfect topic of conversation to kick off our debut episode would be the biggest wrestling news happening at the moment. It's unbelievable. Mm. It could turn the entire wrestling world on its head. Of course, I'm talking about the fact that Ryusuke Takuchi became the 69th IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team oh Champion. Oh my god. To go along with previously being the 69th IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He's the master of 69. Oh. He's the 69 all over the junior division. He's 69ing everywhere. I can't believe it. It's the best thing need, to happen. If you needed proof that God is real, this New Japan booking proves it. Yeah, this, uh, this honestly redeems everything that's ever gone wrong in, in New Japan, truly. That's exactly what I was about to say. All this stuff the past few years with evil and COVID, it's, it's, it's all worth it for Taguchi to get his moment in the sun all over again. I'm also you- like super stoked that Watto is there with him. Like I didn't expect that. I really thought it would be Rocky and Taguchi. I didn't expect Watto totally to be in the mix. It was a really good match as well, to be fair. It was just like a crazy four-way fun spot fest. And um, I am delighted that Scoochie won it, to be fair. Like, I, if, if anyone was going to need to win it, it needed to be him. And I'm so glad that New Japan actually decided to do it. I think they had to because, like, for the past year, year and a half, it's basically been the same two, two and a half teams just trading the title mm-hmm. back and forth. Like, I was watching a video which was the all the title changes in New Japan in 2021, and it was kind of hilarious just how I was constantly ELP and Taiji Shimori and then Desperado and Kanemura, and they just playing hot potato with it with maybe the odd little difference here or there. And when I saw that four-way match, like, yeah, obviously, Eagle, uh, Watto and Taguchi, like, they were fresh, but... I was hoping they wouldn't just do the same thing they had been doing and just return to the Bullet Club, Suzuki Goon, back and forth. Um, mm. I would have been okay with the uh, Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask holding on to it, maybe because I'm Australian, so I'm biased, and I like seeing Robbie with a championship. Also, um, Flying Tigers is a really cool, um, a cool name for a tag team, and the merch Robbie's made for them is sick. I am so gutted that that really cool like limited edition merch they did, he did like 50 T-shirts and that was it because it's one of the coolest wrestling shirts I've seen. And he sold it on like a PWA show or something he did down there. And then he posts online, so hey, I've got these shirts and there's like 20 of them left. That's all we're doing. And my size had already been sold out. So, What did, um, they, what did they look like? Because I didn't see these. 
Oh, I'm I'm shocking at describing things. It was kind <laughs> of like a, a a logo with I actually cannot remember. It just looked cool. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this fantastic podcast discussion here. Me hopelessly <laughs> trying to describe an image I saw. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to find it online and I'll send it to you, Libby. Um, and then oh, if, okay. depending what depending what you're recording, you can give us your your live reaction. <laughs> so in the moment, oh. if, whilst I find this, feel free to. Uh, to move on from Taguchi being the greatest 69er of all time. Well, he might be I'm the 69er done. of all time because Watto's still got to prove himself. Maybe he's like a deceptively good 69er. <laughs> he's been hey. working from the bottom since he got to New Japan. So I think, it's I true. Think we found our, I think we found the clip we're going to use to advertise this first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I really Hashtag want... no context. Love that. I really want Watto to... Uh, become really unhinged with this title like his first taste of success i just wanted to absolutely go to his head and go absolutely mental and Taguchi having to... yeah exactly the first 69 changed him forever <laughs> i can understand that uh-huh. oh i'm seeing the t-shirt oh it is oh that is a sick design that's mm. really cool so it's like yeah. a tiger with the eagle, a globe. The font's really nice. The flying tiger's font. Oh, that's really cool. Kind of reminds it's me of like a World War II logo aesthetic. Yeah, it's not, it's not like oh. a wrestling shirt at all. Yeah. You know, it's something that you'd be like, okay, this is just a cool shirt in general that you'd probably find in a shop. Mm. Those are the mm. best wrestling shirts always. Sometimes I, I see wrestling mm. shirts and I'm like, okay, this is clearly intended to be a wrestling shirt to promote wrestling or whatever. And I'm like, it's fine. It's great. And then you see ones like this that have really good like graphic design or some thought behind them. And you're like, oh, now that's a cool wrestling t-shirt because it's just a good t-shirt. You mean you don't want the kind of shirt where you have to wear a hoodie going to the arena just to hide the fact that you're wearing that <laughs> wrestling shirt? Yes, the shame, the shame. Yeah. It should be shame-free. Um, and sometimes T-shirts, you can tell, they're just designed to, to be like a walking poster, which, I mean, I guess they all are in a sense. But when, like, when they've got that, I don't know, that bit of thought behind them or that kind of graphic edge, I just think they're just so, so much better. And you don't want to cover it up when you're walking yeah. around necessarily. Wear that baby yeah. proud. Wear it in summer. That way you don't have to worry about additional layers. Exactly. But it's sold out, so too bad to you, me, yeah. and everyone else who wants to wear it because <laughs> it's, it's... I mean, he's got, he's got some in small, some in medium, some in large. Yeah, but wrestling what? fans aren't that small. Mate, um, like, I go <laughs> Do to Do I Japan buy one right now? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Live purchase on the, on the podcast, and that way we can start a tradition. Every episode, someone has to buy something. This isn't... This is for dollars, uh, man. This isn't cheap. It's no. nice. It's, it's, really it's nice. a small I, price I, I, I to am, pay for awesomeness. I am constantly tempted by it. Every time I post it on his Instagram, I'm like, uh, I, I'm, I might I'm actually glad do that this. all the cool wrestling shirts I just can't afford. Mainly because of postage and because I live in Australia. Yes. So most, most of the uh, shirts are in American dollars or even Japanese yen. And like when, whenever I look, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I type in the conversion rate and I'm like, ha, ha, ha. I'm not paying 60 bucks for a T-shirt. Yeah, I paid a small yeah. fortune for my Shibata jumper to get from Japan. Um, but it was like they only had small left and it was the old design. Like he's kind of changed it. Like it used to mm. be the uh, kind of more graffiti style, it, you would say, the wrestler. And that was just very yeah. like... The, the exuberant <laughs> Shibata new... merchandise. Now it's like Times New Roman. 
Um, and I'm not such oh, a fan of it. No, come on. I feel like there's somebody, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe they, their graphic design department is more involved with TV Ashy and so their taste levels are maybe, I don't know, a bit different. But I do feel like, like, New Japan love to to have one like really good design and then so many other designs can be just like absolute trash and you go oh, i just want the, the one just bring back the one good one that was nice that everyone liked please i don't need four different like shirts that have times new roman on <laughs> it's I just, just one like really the good idea shirt that someone got paid to design the shibata merchandise where that he has the times new roman size 12 <laughs> the wrestler or la dojo Someone got paid to design that. That's very true. I, you, you know it went through several like rounds of people to decide that for just that one black T-shirt with the white <laughs> Times New Roman font on it. You know there were like 12 people that had their fingers in that pie to make that decision, 100%. True story, the original font was Vedana, but they knocked that back for being too outrageous. Oh, <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense, you know. Very spicy font. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I think this uh, this went off the rails very quickly. Um, <laughs> let's get back on track and talk some actual some actual wrestling. Um, of course, we've already spoken about Taguchi. So, uh, Libby, you're our AEW person. So, what do you, what what are you bringing to the table this week? Yes. So, what I've been thinking a lot about this week is MJF. I know not. I'm with a lot of people do I'm, like MJF. I'm so glad you brought this up. I know Kieran has some uh, very strong opinions on MJF. Um, I've always kind of been in between. Like sometimes I've watched him and I've just thought, oh my God, that was great. Oh, wow. And other times I've been like, oh, that really just missed it for me personally. But I understand why people like him. And I think one of the most interesting things about MJF is his promo style. And the way I've always described it to people is like, if you do a line of, uh, you know, one of your favorite wrestlers doing a promo, if you were to draw a line at the, the intonation, the volume, the, the passion behind it, you might expect it to sort of start slightly flatter, go up and down and then have a big peak and then come down and then end with a really big peak and whatever. So I think at the time when MJF does a promo, the content can be really good. But the line, if you were to draw uh, the same for him, particularly for volume, <laughs> would just be like at the top of the page all the way across. Um, and sometimes that really loses it for me because there's no like peaks and troughs through the moments. Um, and MJF, he's constantly cutting promos. That's something they have him do in AEW all the time. And this week's promo was very interesting. I don't know if you guys caught it at all, but he kind of talked yeah. about his shoot passions uh, relating to CM Punk. And for the first time, I really felt like there were peaks and troughs in how he spoke, and it was very different. So I just w wanted to see what you guys did thought. You, did you enjoy it? Really? I like really it? enjoyed it. I was like mouth hanging open at the end. I was really, really shocked. I I know quite a lot about kind of uh, MJF's um, build up to wrestling because it's spoken about quite a lot because he's a success from Creator Pro and he sort of has this kayfabe shoot thing going on anyway with his character about where he came from and, and what he does. 
and his kind of football career. Um, and well, I, I will say really, really liked it. Hate, the one thing I do hate is obviously we're in the UK, so we go mm. to bed Wednesday night, we wake up Thursday morning, and you know, AW news is everywhere. And I have to scroll through my fucking Twitter feed and there's just all this <laughs> AW talk that I really don't care about. <laughs> but it's from people I care about. And I, yeah. I won't mention names by any means because it's all people I genuinely want to follow. But for just this like short, you know, two hour period of time when it's like 3 a.m. in the UK, I'm like, I really don't want to follow you. If I could just, <laughs> ugh, I just want to get off my chest. Um, Trent, have you, have you checked out this MJF promo or? No, like I, the only reason I really heard about it is because I think I saw Meltzy Man talking it really up and sort of saying this is one of the oh. best promos he's seen at the very least in a long time, which I thought was interesting because obviously, like when you talk about promos in AEW, whether you like MJF or not, like he's the one pretty much. It's either him, Kingston, or Punk that people are going to be talking about, um, and mm. they all have different styles and they sort of draw upon different aspects and influences. I. I'm not a big fan of MJF in terms of like his promo style and content, but I can appreciate mm. that that's more of a stylistic choice because yeah, it's not bad by any means. It's not like you're doing it wrong or he's stumbling over his words or he's uninteresting. It's just the stuff he talks about and the way he goes about it. Eh, it's not my jam. Yeah, no, not... I agree. It's, I feel like it's very one note. Like he's going to come out, mm. he's going to throw some insults that, you know, really aren't that bad. It's just that we're used to WWE where they kind of are very careful. So him being a little bit edgy is a bit more exciting. Definitely, and at first definitely. I agreed, but I think now it's the same thing over and over again. And it's very like pantomime. Uh, yeah. So I think really like... Oh, we all got excited there. Um, I did... <laughs> I did play rock, like paper, scissors, this... decide who's going there. <laughs> I, I, did, I did like that this promo was different, but I'm still, I'm not an MJF guy. I appreciate people love him and I'm in the minority for sure, but I, he just doesn't do it for me. But I find promos very difficult to get behind now that I've watched, yeah. you know, the Japanese wrestling has been my bread and butter for so long because yeah. it's just not a thing that exists. You don't have nine, 99% of the shows, you don't have someone come out in the middle of the show just to stand in the ring with a microphone. Unless it's a yeah, big yeah. occasion, you get the promo at the end of the show to send the crowd happy. But it's just, it's a very bizarre alien concept to me now. So the fact that MJF, that is, you know, what he's beloved for is his promos. He's never going to sit right with me, really. Yeah. It's crazy I mean, you say that because you are a noted fan of mic work, such as your favorite wrestler, Katsuyori Shibata, who you just can't shut up when he gets <laughs> in the ring. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with MJF, it's definitely like, for me, I really struggled to get on board for a while because it, that whole kind of cheap shots thing in his promo. And I, again, I think it's a stylistic thing. It's something he chose to do because he knows people don't like it or whatever. But there's also an element of you go out there and you do rely on cheap things, making comments about people's weight or how they look or whatever. And it just, for me, that never sits right with me. I'm like, there are so many very good wrestlers and promo people out there that can get heat without having to sort of punch low do you know what i mean like it's, mm, yeah. you don't have to to do that and i think this is why this promo really stood out for me because it, it had nothing to do with that at all and it was this very unexpected maybe a little bit expected because he his um as punk has been cutting more and more promos on him his faith in sort of his ability to have a poker face has definitely dropped. 
And so this one was just so vulnerable and it was really unexpected. And he just came out and spoke um, and you know, he's had like been carried to like the ring on a throne and stuff recently. So this was very contrasting to that. And he's see, still, me, go on. I was just going to say, see, to me, that adds so much complexity to a character that comes across as intentionally in one note, where he's just this kind of mm-hmm. jerk-ass prick who will say a lot of common denominator stuff to get a rise out of the crowd and all of that. Which is fine, and I think there's a ceiling and a limit that you can do to that. And, I mean, mm-hmm. AEW's been running now for about two-plus years, just a little bit, and he's been doing that shtick for two-plus years, week in, week yeah. out. So there is a certain point where if you don't develop and add complexity to that, it's going to reach a sort of a, a, as far as it can go. Um, and he can still do that stuff, but if he's adding that complexity and just giving that little edge of vulnerability where you might sort of go, oh, okay, maybe this is a bit of an act. And even though yeah. like, he wants to portray that he's not, it gives that character more interesting sort of a range that you can actually do with it. So as a, look, I'm saying this, I've not seen the promo, um, but just hearing what you're saying about it, I could get on board with it. I think it's definitely worth watching, especially with, with everything that's presented about MJF before. This is really different. And he's still, he still hits that character note that he is the bad person in this mm. against punk he ends it by really bringing it back to that selfish standpoint like i am the best i will beat you i will show you like it has a very villain origin story kind of uh mm. yeah era to it and so it doesn't feel like you're i mean it gives you context but it doesn't feel like you're supposed to be like oh wow mjf is like yeah he's, he's really struggled and he's come from this and it's been really tough for him um you kind of you get that feeling and then you end it with oh okay i see this is like the motivating factor why he's a terrible person and now he's really gonna cash in on it because he's really not holding anything back anymore and And i just thought it was really interesting that reminds me a lot of the jay white wrestlemania not wrestlemania wrestlemania can you imagine promo where he sort of cut it after getting his butt whooped by Ibushi and you get that Uh little moment of vulnerability and like oh is this is this the change of like a a good guy Jay White and then he just keeps talking and it's like no like I feel sympathy for you but I still don't like you Um, which is that complexity that I think you want in a top level heel and if uh, MJF is starting to reach I fucking love Jay White (laughs) love to hate him there we go that that's I mean look what was it? Matt Cardona said that heels aren't heels if you like to, to see him or something. That crap that, oh, why, why do wrestlers oh. still play this junk? Like, it's, it's 2022. It's ridiculous. I couldn't like, believe it when I saw that tweet. I was like, what are you sniffing? Like, what are you on? Where are you? Like, people literally love Matt Cardona because they love to hate him. They don't yeah. legitimately hate the guy. Like, they're getting involved in the pantomime and, well, I can't speak for everyone, but I'm pretty sure they're getting involved in the pantomime and just the ludicrousness of professional wrestling as a concept in 2022. People want to boo legitimately good heels. doesn't mean they hate their guts like they did in the olden times and want to get a switchblade and just jam it into the side of their ribs as they walk past. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's such a Butterway Dudley it. thing to say. Like, oh, um, yeah. I mean, you talking about Jay White and everything would be a perfect segue because Jay White is a very hot topic at the moment. But I think mm-hmm. that there's some uh, some stardom stuff that Trent wants to bring to the table, I'm pretty sure. 
Of course, because, um, I mean, as we all know, Stardom is the greatest promotion in 2022 right now. You can take your AEWs, you can take your New Japan. Nobody cares about that. It's time for the women to rise up, and more specifically, for an old friend of Stardom to rise up, because we finally saw the news Kyrie is coming back to stardom. The pirate princess returns home after her long voyage in the Americas. Um, I know as a fan of stardom and as a fan of Kyrie's, this is just the perfect news. It lived up to my hopes and expectations. But I'm very curious because both of you have uh, less sort of impact and following of stardom. I know you watch a little bit, Kieran, because I bug you to hell and you want to yeah, do no, the same stuff. You, you know with me it's more that I... So when it comes to wrestling, I always want to watch live. I'm not a fan of watching after the mm. match. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, no, like, even if I know the match, you know, if it gets called good, I just find my, it so much more difficult to get invested. And I'm lucky in that I live in the UK, so Japanese shows are on at, like, 8, mm. 9, 10 a.m. my time. Um, so I don't have to stay up till, you know, four in the morning to watch an AEW pay-per-view. Mm, uh, mm. But yeah, but Stardom have, uh, you know, they don't have the infrastructure. Trent knows better than me that they can't do all their shows live. And some of the shows they do live are on pay-per-view. Um, and, you know, I, as someone that's still trying to get invested in the promotion, trying to drop £30 on the pay-per-view is a bit off-putting. Yeah. Um, I'm a hardcore fan and it's hard to justify spending that kind yeah, of money. Exactly, exactly. So hopefully, you know, Bushi Road, New Japan World, Stardom World, you know, they can get that infrastructure to do shows live because I'll absolutely watch shows live in the morning, you know, uh, whilst I'm at home. Uh, but on Kyrie, anyway, I'm so fucking excited. Like, I knew Same. a bit about her before she joined NXT. Um, and, you know, it, she's just, uh, like, I because of Trent and because of my On This Day tweets, I've been going back and watching more of Kyrie's stuff. And she was just a, a, a different person in Stardom. Mm. She's next level. She's had this experience in America now. She's taken this time off where she was like, I don't know, was she running out her WWE contract or something? Um, Basically, she wanted to go back home to Japan. I think she was getting a bit homesick. Her husband was over there. And I think probably also she realized the ceiling that she had in WWE being someone who doesn't speak a lot of strong English and... She's a fantastic baby face, but I think in WWE, if you're not a really strong English speaker, you have to have just this over-the-top personality, even more so than someone like Kari. You need to be an Asuka or a Shinsuke Nakamura to have any real hope, I think, on the main roster. I think she realised, eh, that's not going to happen. I'm sick of getting concussed by Nia Jackson Charlotte, so let's go back home to America, <laughs> uh, Japan. And yeah, she she got to work a bit as an ambassador and probably got paid to just yeah. talk Japanese. And I yeah, saw that but, a lot. Mm, mm. I, I must think say, they as, were... as, as, a, as a fan, Trent, you must be so excited because you follow Stardom hardcore for so long now that someone who's gone to WWE, gotten that acclaim, gotten themselves over, became this worldwide famous superstar, is now coming back home, which instantly means more eyes on Stardom. So you just have to look at the excitement there was, even just in anticipation, because, you know, in the build-up, there was about a month's build-up where they were hinting at someone big coming, and, like, Stardom don't normally do long, drawn-out debut sort of hints and reveals. They normally just, like, here's someone, how exciting is that? So the fact they were building up the way they were, it felt like it was going to be big. And from the start, people thought it was going to be Kyrie, but there was kind of a cautious optimism, and then they started dropping mm -hmm. hints, which yeah. would line up to be Kyrie. But everyone is just not 100% sure. It's kind of that CM Punk in Chicago reveal. It's like, it should be her. It makes sense mm. to be her. But you just don't want to get your hopes up because you don't want to be like a little kid waking up Christmas morning expecting Santa to bring you that gift and you get there and Santa was a prick and gave you coal. That would it, be a bad time. 
yeah, it, it could have still been that. Um, but thankfully, they brought it through. And yeah, like everyone was excited just to see Kari because even if she didn't strike it massively big in WWE, she built up a fan base. And like, in terms of just wrestlers, she reminds me a lot of Sami Zayn in the fact that it's so hard not to just like her. Like, it's just mm. a genuine, like, you seem like a good person, even when they're yeah. being bad guys and bad girls. It's just, you, you, you're someone I want to support and cheer. So seeing 100%. her back and drawing all those people in, absolutely. I can't wait to see what she's doing. And the, I knew nothing of her before WWE. Like, I'd mm. never, I, when they did the first um, women's tournament in NXT, mm -hmm. um, that's when I used to watch, like, NXT every week. That and was good. I, yeah, uh, and I didn't never heard of her before, never seen her before, and when she showed up, I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" Like I was instantly behind her, like it, like, and it felt like it was no doubt she was going to win that tournament as well. It just was like as someone who didn't know anything, it was so clear she was a star and she had talent, and everyone was behind her, and I, I kind, I'm, I'm really happy she's in stardom again because. When she went to go be an ambassador in Japan, I felt like there was a lot of work being put into like WWE Japan or a WWE yeah. training camp out there. And I just remember thinking like, man, like I really feel bad that Kai is having to get sort of caught up in this because she's so talented and she wants to be back in Japan. And the right thing to do to spread the word would be to let Kyrie wrestle in stardom uh, you know as a WWE talent as well be like wow mm. that that would be amazing but I knew that was never going to happen and if they did start a dojo out there or whatever they would just stop the talent from uh, the women's promotions out there the WWE so, stardom relationship has been a fascinating one over the past couple of years because they've had a few interactions of varying mm. degrees of ludicrousness from Tony Storm being allowed to wrestle in stardom when she was NXT UK champion and then getting pulled at the last minute um, oh, from them trying ooh. to outright buy stardom back when they were looking to start something in Japan. And then no ultimately, the, the funny thing is in their attempt to sell like Rossi Ogawa on selling it to WWE, they offered to put him in the WWE Hall of Fame because that's worth <laughs> so much. Wow. <laughs> Why as well? He's literally got zero connection to WWE other than he's helped create some of the best, greatest women wrestlers of all time that have happened to go to WWE. Yeah, well, like, I mean... That's like, his connection. Ultimately, I guess, like, they're trying to present the Hall of Fame as something that's not purely oh, of just... Because, yeah. I mean, like, Jushin Thunder Liger wrestled one match in WWE against Tyler Breeze. Yeah, Bruce I think with stuff like that, you get the, the fact that WWE obviously brought out WCW, so you can say, you can bring the WCW history mm -hmm. into, that, yeah. into, into that. So, they're, they're, you know, you can make that make sense if you want. But, yeah, yeah Rossi and the WWE Hall of Fame makes zero sense. Yeah, I, I, I guess they would have presented as he's the person who set up WWE Japan by giving them this hot young promotion where they were able to turn all of the Japanese women in that promotion into stereotypes like they like to do. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. God, what a mess. Um, I want to... So, the, 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 her first match, Kyrie, she's teaming with Mayu, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Up against okay. Tamakano and the assessor, Unagi Sayaka. I want to bring something up. Libby, have you heard um, Mayu in her ongoing feud with trying to pronounce Ryu Goku, Goku Kikan? No, but it sounds great and I want to know all about it now. Okay, I've got it on my phone. I'm hopefully that if I play it through my, uh, my, oh my it will come through all right. But basically, I'm sure you've heard Ryu Goku, Goku Kikan, which is Ryu Goku Sumo Hall. 
Yeah. Um, and Mayu, it's it's the greatest feud of all time. Uh, and Mayu is constantly losing in this feud to pronounce the the, the venue. So um, hopefully you'll be able to hear this. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> now I, I gotta stress, this has happened. That's the one as well when when Julia's just absolutely corpsing in the corner, like she she's she's they're doing a press conference and she absolutely just has to cover her face and it's just like shoulders going up and down. Oh my god. Meanwhile, Tam Nakano is just staring at her like, "I this is why I left your faction, because you just can't handle this stuff. <laughs> doesn't he? She just look, glances over her like, what is going on? Are you having a stroke? Mm. And they've now made this a running joke. Like, this, obviously, that wasn't meant to happen. It was just setting up the press conference. And then yeah, it became a meme. And then they did another little video where, like, there's three different wrestlers talking about going to Rio Goku. And they say it normally. They say it normally. And Mayu does that Rio Goku kind of thing. And they all just, it's, it's stardom. If they're doing anything right right now, it's just they're taking these little balls and running with it and just having a ton of fun with it. Um, just further proves how much of an international treasure Mayu Iwatani is. Honestly, like there, there's Pro Wrestling Eve is a promotion in the UK. Maybe mm. you've maybe heard of them. Uh, yes, yeah, they're yeah. Like they're an all-women's thing. And I think before the pandemic, they would get guys from stardom over. Um, I'm pretty sure they, they've had a Mayu over, and I'm just chomping at a bit. You know, because when they did, I didn't really know about much about stardom. I maybe knew the names, but man, if they bring Mayu over, I'm front row at that show now. I'm pretty oh, sure man. they ran Mayu versus Kagetsu last time. Yeah, you know, I think I was looking up because I was like, who have they brought over? And I remember seeing that they were both on the same show. I, mm. I don't know what if they wrestled each other, but you're probably right. I think it was. I think I remember seeing them wrestling in a distinctly not Japanese kind of venue. Um, doesn't yeah, quite the, beat the, the pro wrestling Eve one is like a dark mm, room. Yeah. Well, are they, did they? Did they have to? They had to move, didn't they? Move venue or something. Um, yeah, I think one recently. one of the venues shut down or something, or I'm not yeah. sure. I can't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, they, th- they, they, they run in Bethnal Green, I think. Yeah, yeah, because I the one thing about the, the way I discovered Pro Wrestling Eve was because of the Abushi matches he had when he was in the UK in Pro oh, Wrestling yeah, Eve, one. and the, the mm-hmm. one where he stood on the car with the fireworks in oh, Bethnal Green. That was a different promotion. Oh. Was but, it? I thought it was with Pro Wrestling yeah. Eve. Am I wrong? No, that was, hey. it was a drunk Saturday night for him. So no, he did show up at Pro Wrestling Eve, though, and I'm pretty sure it was like something where you could like um, bring your own weapon to the ring or something. And one of the Incredible. wrestlers brought Ibushi as her weapon. Yes, and he yes, and she's like hit him, and like and I he think just he does done, one smack, and like he bows and the same, he leaves. I think it was the same venue as well where he done the fireworks. Is that he was yeah. used as a weapon by Pro Wrestling Eve? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I remember when I when I saw that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I didn't know that was happening, and I'm pretty sure I was like right down the street when it was happening. When I like tracked back my moves, I was like, "I can't believe I missed this opportunity <laughs> in my life to see Ibushi well, on a car with fireworks." I'm always kicking myself over that because the night before he was in Colchester for the same promotion, and they'd only announced no. the Colchester show at the time. So I was like, "This is Ibushi's first time coming to the UK." I think maybe ever. Um, so we went to Colchester, which, you know, I live half an hour from Bethnal Green where he was doing the fireworks, and instead we drove like two hours to Colchester. <laughs> Just, uh, oh, that's so and it was a really great match. He faced, um, I can't remember his name, I think it's Gota Ihashi or Isahi or something like that. He's a DDT mm. fellow. And um, 
Ibushi just like you know put on boxing gloves and beat the shit out of him and rode bicycles into him and he done Ibushi DDT races and it was amazing and I loved it and I was like well I no, I'm not going to go to the show the next day in London again because it's like forty pound a ticket as well they charged yeah. a lot because it was Ibushi and yeah of course I forever regret that because I could Ibushi might have shot a firework at me if I was lucky. Oh, yeah, man. that, that sounds perfect going to the hospital. Yeah, but I mean, it's worth it. It'll heal. The memory, the memory yeah. will fade, but the injuries will turn. I mean, I know you don't mind suffering for your love of pro wrestling because I think you posted a video recently of getting chopped by Alex Coughlin, wasn't it? On my old Twitter, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Did yeah, I miss yeah. this? Oh my God. Uh, yeah, no, I put it on Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll uh, post it again. Maybe I'll send you a link to it. But yeah, um, Alex Coughlin, uh, New Japan Young Lion. I graduated LA Dojo. And your new um, best friend. He, yes. Uh, if you like. Um, he's, like <laughs> he's in the UK on excursion and we've been hanging out a bit. Um, and he spent an evening at my uh, house. Um, and I was like, you know, I've always wanted to ask a wrestler to chop me. And I worked up the courage and I asked him and he was like, fuck yeah. Like he had no reservations. And I was like, yeah, that's, a bit, that's a bit concerning. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll do it properly. I'll take my shirt off and everything, even though I'm a really skinny, scrawny runt. Um, and yeah, he, he, it, it woke me up. It was like getting a bucket of ice dropped on me whilst you're asleep. It like just made me so alive. Well, like if you know, you jump into the sea or something. The adrenaline like, just pumped into you. Yeah, proper for a long time as well. It stung like a motherfucker. But I think I like the say. one, the one was okay. But then when guys are getting like, you know, 10, 15, 20 in a single match, like that's yeah. when it must fucking suck. Like it sucked for me with just one. Of course I have zero muscle. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can, you know, a few seconds, like, you know, 30 seconds later, a minute later, I'm, I'm okay. I'm alive. But yeah, no, the guy, like, fuck that. So it was like, because uh, obviously the point of them is it's audible. It, like, makes a good sound. So yeah, did it, he, was he, it he, like he, a slap slap or did it, like, he, echo in your no, chest? He fucking connected. Um, <laughs> it, like, it, it made a great gunshot noise. Um, and he, like, lined it up a few times so that he would get the perfect hit. Like, oh, nice. Just kept going back and forth, and then he, uh, and then he, uh, yeah, hurt my soul. I won't That's lie; amazing. that is something I've wanted to experience too. It's just you know a wrestler who's willing to just give me an almighty chop because I've seen other people sort of take it too, and it is one of those things where like it's gonna hurt, but it's kind of a it's a safe thing to take for the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of cool. You could say, yeah, I got this mark on my chest for five days because I survived a strike from a professional wrestler. Okay, we can hear it at least. Let me find the point. Uh, <laughs> Look at this multimedia man just controlling this is just the my... world. Okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. I'm hoping that came across because neither of you reacted, so I don't think it did. No, it was it, like, it, yeah, it, it's probably something we'll just have to link to on the Twitters. Um, wasn't as effective as Rigo Kokoki Kapiano. No. But, but I can, I can yeah, I can feel the sweet, sweet, juicy slap echoing in my mind, for sure. <laughs> You're painting an audio picture in your mind. <laughs> hey, it's a podcast, man. you gotta, you got to give the people the, the descriptions. Yeah. I want to well, change I mean... the topic to something totally unrelated because, you know, I'm the New Japan guy, I'm the Japan guy. Um, Johnny Knoxville being in the Royal Rumble and seemingly having a match with Sami Zayn at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental title is the most I've wanted to watch WWE in like five years. But will you actually watch it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, Great. It was I'll, worth I'll it check out, 
I'll check out the clips online, but like if I was, if there was anything that's going to draw me in, it would be Johnny Knoxville just because he's going to, you know, he's going to be like, oh, you know, just fucking dump me on my head. Just fucking put me through the table. Just hit me over the yeah. head chair for real. Like he don't care. It's Johnny fucking Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the risk assessment form goes out the window. Do you know what I mean? It's Johnny Knoxville's entire being is just smack me. I, I think he'll I'm... be so fun. I, I was disappointed, though, by how little they actually did in the Royal Rumble. Like, I was expecting mm-hmm. there to be a bit more to it, but he just kind of came in. I mean, I can barely remember it because who remembers anything that happened in on I mean, that entire the thing, show? Um, obviously, I didn't watch it. I just saw whatever clips were on my like, Twitter or mm. on Reddit. But um, he gave, like, AJ Styles, like, a Shabbat, a super stiff forearm right. to the chest. Yeah. And, he, and then someone on Twitter, like, uh, edited it so it had Japanese audio commentary <laughs> over the forearm. <laughs> Genius, genius. It's fucking, it fucking brilliant. But yeah, no, I agree. Like he, he was a big deal coming into the Rumble, and from what I understand, he was in it for maybe a few minutes. Yeah, he did yeah. that strong style strike, and then I think he took a couple of finishes, and then they just chucked him out. Like it was kind of not much fanfare. Um, I'm guessing if they knew he was coming in for WrestleMania, maybe they wanted to save all the big stuff for that. Which fair enough, I guess. Um, yeah. But as someone who made the mistake of remembering that Royal Rumbles is like pizza and that even if it's bad pizza, it's still going to be okay. Eh, yeah. No, Royal Rumbles aren't like pizza, apparently. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why every year I'm like, I got I should watch the Rumble. I should watch the Men's Rumble, the Women's Rumble. I should do it. And then I watch someone afterwards. I'm like, well, I'm very deflated now. Why did I watch the Rumble? Why did I do that to myself? And mm. then I also end up, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll watch some more of the show. And it'll, it'll be better. It never get, it doesn't get better after that. Like, I don't know why I put myself through that. It's, I, I caught the end of the... It depends. It, de- it depends on the matches. There was one time when... Um, I remember I was really excited for the WrestleMania. It was Shinsuke and AJ. They just randomly booked that match. And I was like, I cannot miss this WrestleMania. But no, I, I don't tend to... I can't, sometimes I catch the matches if I think they're good. But again, it's like they're so long. They're very deflating. I don't get that much joy from them. Do you guys ever try and try and catch them? No, not at all. I've, 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 I've not watched. one last year. The main event was good. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Um, well, oh, I, yeah. I don't think it was like a world-beating show, like a uh, world-beating match like some people were hyping it up to be. Yeah, um, like but people it was, were saying it was, it was like match of the year and stuff. Like, I, like, I, like, for everything it done for women in wrestling and, you know, black women in wrestling and everything, like, the most important thing in wrestling, like, one of the most important things in wrestling, wrestling history, period. Like, absolutely love it for that. But just in a vacuum, the match itself, I didn't think was anything to write home about. Yeah, it was it was a not a prisoner at the moment, but it definitely was helped by the fact that it was record breaking and history making, and good good on them because they did put on a good match. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't name it as a women's match of the year because I watched Stardom. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I hate to say it, I don't mean to sound Joshi elitist, but I will anyways. Um, I do think there's a lot of hype over a lot of matches in American women's uh, sort of wrestling that is good in a bubble but when you're looking at wrestling as a whole like i I find so often you're talking about american women's wrestling as that was a really good women's match which at the end of the day is capping it to a certain point because there's no reason why the women can't wrestle as good as the men 
And I think we're seeing that with Japan, and not just stardom, but look, I'm going to toot the stardom horn because that's what I do. Like the matches they're putting on, you don't have to say that was a good women's match. You just say that was a fantastic fucking match. It's a match of the year caliber kind of performance. And they're doing that on the regular. So the, the, the time and day of where we're saying that's a good women's match, we shouldn't be doing that because the standard's already been set. And if that's your level of a good match, then you're disappointing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's just so far out of the window. The women have clearly shown that they're just as capable, if not better than the men. Uh, hmm. Lots of the time, they're easily on equal foot. And yeah, it's not that this was a good women's match anymore. You're right, it's just that that was a good match. It's as simple it's as that. Not, it's not the, the women of WWE's fault because half the time they're not given the chance to shine. And as far as I'm concerned, they're not getting the training to put them on that level. It's getting better. Because, look, I grew up in the bloody attitude era and the ruthless aggression era where women's matches were two minutes and probably involved taking clothes off. Like, oh, yeah, that, that was my understanding of women's wrestling. And it wasn't until I started watching Gao Kim and Awesome Kong in TNA and then seeing the stardom in, uh, the threedom in stardom, and I'm like, oh, hang on. I had a really sexist point of view thinking that women couldn't wrestle. They can. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, been, it's definitely been those ways, as well as, I think, uh stories for women the actual narratives that they see you through especially i feel in wwe aw is is definitely a work in progress for the women's division and it's gotten a lot better mm. but they kind of they really just throw anything at the wall and if it doesn't stick instantly it goes out the window the the long-term narratives are really not met and so that growth is it must be really difficult if you're trying to develop character and motivation and you're trying to wrestle and your moves make sense and there's feeling behind them and everything. But every couple of weeks, your your motivation for your character or, or what you're intending to do is changing or it's not having any consequences or people don't even like remember there's, there's like disconnect from you were one completely different person a few months ago and there was no slow build. They just decided they want you to switch. You know, you see a lot of the women just pushed into having maybe going towards something. It's quite exciting. And then they're like, oh, we just need like a fun match if the you guys can just go out and do that or be there with this other wrestler or whatever. It really feels like the the growth gets stunted because there's no commitment to the to the growth, to seeing things through a lot of the time. And I feel like I can see in stardom, even from the outside, there are long running narratives and the past is not forgotten. It seems it informs what people are doing. Um, yeah, it's very frustrating. That's one of the things I love about Japanese wrestling in general. One of the things that has really soured me on WWE over the years is that for the most part, obviously, you know, <laughs> New Japan changed their titles and kind of like have thrown a bit of their history in the bin as much as they say, you know, it's a continuation of the legacy of the IWGP. Nobody um, they buys respect that. They, exactly. They respect <laughs> the history, bring it back up. They'll reference, uh, you know, outside promotions, where people are, their history, whereas WWE are happy to shit on their history as long as it's for a payday and there's no bigger mm. uh, representation of that than Shawn Michaels at Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I I caught because I wasn't sure if Cody was going to show up this year at the Saudi show. I actually watched the Hell and the Cell match in Saudi just in case Cody showed up. I w what I wasn't was sure. It was Hell in a Cell. There was Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, oh, Austin Theory. 
Oh, elimination, yes, elimination chamber. chamber. That's what I mean. Not Hell in a Cell. Who am it's I? It's your giant metal structures, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a yes, big yeah. chain about, yeah. square. Um, yeah, and I was like, "Is Co-, like he really wouldn't put like put it past WWE just have Cody run in for no reason?" Um, I ended up actually watching that, and I was like, "I I didn't know anything uh, going in it. I didn't feel like there was any real like." I, I could watch that match and see. I was like, okay, Brock Lesnar's clearly going to win because they're always committed to Brock Lesnar going over and stuff like that. But I was just watching it like, ugh, like, wow. Like, imagine watching months of WWE to build up to this and this is what happens. And it's yeah, it's and like a full like conclusion. Long-term booking and WWE do not coexist with each other. It's just, you know, it's what's, what's, what can we do in the moment? Who cares about what's happened before? You know, like the Royal Rumble winners meant to uh, change for the title at WrestleMania, aren't they? But hey, it's Brock. Let's just fire him in the Elimination Chamber and give him a title now. Well, well technically, yeah. he is challenging for a world championship at w- uh, WrestleMania. Uh, He's challenging well, for the trying- one he doesn't currently have. Yeah, you're not wrong, for fuck's sake. And that's the thing. Like, that's the one bit of long-term storytelling WWE willing to do right now, and that's Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns because the last two, three, 17 times they've done it at WrestleMania, it just... They smashed the long, it out of the park. The long-term storytelling is Brock Lesnar beats everyone, basically, or just Brock Lesnar, yeah. WWE, and Brock Lesnar. That's it, the, that's the, the, that's it's the classic, the hardcore Holly pitch that he did to WWE management where, hey, let me win the championship. What next? I'll beat everyone. They, they just listened to that and gone, <laughs> oh, we'll give it to Brock Lesnar instead because he dumped hardcore Holly on his head and broke his neck or something, which, to be fair, Holly was sandbagging the crap out of him, but, you know. I mean, that's a story I have no idea about. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No, this is back when like uh, Brock was a rookie, and um, he was facing hardcore Holly. You know how he used to do the triple power bombs on like all the small people. Um, mm-hmm. He was doing it to hardcore Holly, but hardcore Holly, being you know the prick of a veteran he was, decided to sandbag the Rock to basically show him, you know, you ain't all that. Well, I mean, Brock Lesnar is the Hulk <laughs> in human form. He was still able to lift the guy up, and he just dropped him on the top of his head. And uh, hardcore Holly regretted what he did until the next right. rookie came along that he could then abuse. Jeez, I, knew, I knew that had happened. <laughs> I knew that had happened, but I didn't know that really hardcore Holly had him, himself to blame in that moment. That's, yeah, that's if you watch way. it, like he, he's not helping Brock at all. He's like, yeah, you can lift all of my 260 oh. pounds. And Brock's like, yeah, you bitch, I can. <laughs> I think one of the biggest topics of the past week as well, um, very recent, uh, and maybe the last topic for this episode that we can touch on at least briefly um, is Cesaro has apparently let his WWE contract run out. And, you know, it's reported that he wasn't looking to leave. He's not intent on necessarily going anywhere else. It's just that they naturally couldn't come to an agreement, which is incredibly shocking. He seemed like he was just happy. Like, you know, we all wanted him to leave, mm. uh, but he, he was happy making his money, doing what he was. So good luck to him. But as fans, we obviously wanted to see him elsewhere. And now we might finally actually get that happen. Kieran, what I mean, would be Kieran? What would be your ideal situation for Cesaro? I need. I, I don't want him in AEW. I don't think he belongs in AEW. I know everyone will want him in AEW, but everyone, everyone, everyone else is wrong except from me. Um, <laughs> he he belongs in Japan. He's just he's like he's built from the ground up for Japan. And I don't care if it's obviously I want him in New Japan because I selfishly love New Japan more than and I watch New Japan more than others. But throw him in a Noah, even throw him in you know. Big Japan, uh, BJW, 
uh, anywhere in Japan, and he will just—he's going to have banger after banger after banger, without a doubt. More so than he would in AEW, where it's still, yes, it's obviously more wrestling, but there's still the sports entertainment aspect of AEW. It's tough because obviously AEW gives him a lot of American exposure, but I mean that scene is so filled right now with a lot of guys who are chomping at the bit to jump to that next level. Uh, as good as Cesaro or Claudio is. Um, He's going to be fighting for the same position a lot of people have. But mm-hmm. if you give him a chance to basically become Mr. Independent, whether it's even working like your Ring of Honours, your Impacts and stuff, then going to Japan, doing a G1 Climax, doing an N1 in Noah, um, I think that gives him a chance to stand out a bit more. Like People are going to follow him because he is a name. Everyone knows he's going to put on incredible matches, and WWE didn't really give him the chance to showcase his full strength. If he goes to Noah, people are going to follow. If he goes to Ring of Honor, people are going to follow. If he goes yeah. to Terminus, people are going to follow. If he goes to AEW, the, no one's going to follow him there because probably most of the people who are interested are already kind of watching. So AEW, I don't think, gets the same lift they might uh, with other people coming through. But a lot of these other promotions, like they'll see a jump from Claudio doing his thing. Selfishly, yeah, I'd like to see him do Japan as well. Um, I just, like, it actually wouldn't surprise me either if in like a couple of weeks' time we find out WWE have signed him. Like it could have just mm-hmm. been pulling a bit of a, a bluff um, and saying, oh, yeah, we'll give you this much. And Claudio's like, no, I deserve more. Like, oh, we'll let your contract retire, uh, sort of expire. And then it happened then they're like oh actually no we got an extra grand you know we'll fire a couple other people um yeah because we don't like to do that but we'll fire a couple just for you yeah There's a bit more money you can come on board uh, mr independent you said is like yeah that would be the ideal scenario actually just let him go as long as people welcome him as long as he can be mr independent and do a new japan and do a noah and do it and you know of course he'll be asked to do american independence but that it wouldn't be like, okay, you can only wrestle for us if you've got a contract. If people are just willing to let him wrestle wherever he wants, that is the dream scenario. Mm. 100%. And if he went to AEW, the, the cards just is, you don't want to take someone on like Cesaro and then not have them as the spotlight. It's like Andrade right now is. Yeah, it's like Jay Lethal. A... I, I don't like Jay Lethal. I don't think he's very good in all honesty, but he had what? His one match against Sammy, was it? Guevara? And has he been on AEW yeah. since? Andrade the same. He just he just had a match with Andrade for the TNT title, and it's kind of like wow, Andrade is a real main event player here. But there's just no room for him right now, and there's no reason for him to to be up there with those people. And you kind of go, well, the reason he left WWE is because he he wasn't being utilized. He was being put in pictures, part of the promotion that really wasn't using Andrade's star power. And it's kind of like, hmm, are they, you know, AEW really prides itself on making the best of its talent. But is history kind of repeating itself here a little bit? I, yeah. I don't know. It's just got so much talent. So much. Yeah. Okay. I've got a quick question for you all before and we'll wrap things up uh, mm-hmm. nice and easy. You know, there's not many people in it. Only 48, I think, are entering the New Japan Cup this year. But well, they could have you... gone out of their way to get a few more people in. I know it's absurd. Um, who do you? Who's your pick to win New Japan Cup this year? Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. again. Uh, like Jeffrey it. Cobbington Jr. Oh, oh, um, I can see that. I probably should have thought of my answer before I asked the question, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> yeah, you got hoisted by your own petard there. Uh, you can yeah, just I say Abushi, like... Kieran. You can just say Abushi. It's fine. You no, can I just think say... it's too Do you even soon. know he's in this <laughs> tournament, though? 
Like he was yeah. posting a couple of days ago that he's still not being able to lift weights and then he's yeah. been chucked in the new Pan Cup. What is going on there? Yeah, I don't know how true it is because it's always a bit difficult with the Japanese in terms of you don't know what is and isn't kayfabe as much. Mm. But um, apparently like a tweet or an Instagram post suggested that he wasn't even aware he was going to be in the cup until it was announced. I find yeah. it hard to believe personally, but... He, I mean, to be fair, it's a kind of the they vibe might have told off. him. They might have told him and he just forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting actually. We should, we should talk about it in a future episode but Abushi has these podcasts uh, that he's been doing um, mm-hmm. and I have a friend uh, the wonderful Joe who translates them all so they're definitely worth talking about in the future yeah no, well, it's like he's, that um, the... he, he's sort, one of the things on the podcast was that ready sorted crisps aren't salty enough for him so he adds extra oh. salt to them a king I love it same uh, apparently that ga- gave him like serious liver problems, so he had to stop. Well, I mean, this is the same Ibushi who eats junk food and just burns it off by, like, he eats nothing but junk food, but just burns it off by being the madman that he is with wrestling. I mean, you know, he is uh, a god walking among us. He doesn't, his internal organs don't function uh, about you know, the same way that we do. I tried the Kota Ibushi diet. Um, it didn't work for me. Really interesting. Yeah. I say I mean, don't. I say don't give doing, up. Well, I'm not doing Phoenix splashes, but maybe maybe I need to add the uh, fireworks hitting the body. That kind of. I'm sure that burns fat, right? Yeah, it definitely. Or at least jumpstart your digestion. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would think. I just have to have to hit up my local fireworks guy. Yeah, everyone has one, right? Things. Well, I mean, I presume so. Like, what are you doing yeah. in life if you don't have? You haven't a got fireworks a fireworks guy. guy. Wasting it, really. What about you, Kieran? Do you have a fireworks guy? You're oddly quiet here. I, I'm, I feel like you're probably on the phone with one. Is it because you are the fireworks guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got the people coming to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just, instead of fireworks, I just get wrestlers to chop the, uh, the, chop the fat off my body, apparently. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's very a, effective. I might use that as my next strategy. Okay, everyone, thank you for listening to Into the Wrestleverse. Please check out other podcasts on the Wrestle In Network, Flight of Five, Noob Japan, and the Ocean Cyclone Show. Simply search Wrestle In wherever you listen to podcasts. That was Trent's poor attempt at hyping up his own podcast, the Ocean, Ocean Cyclone <laughs> Show. There's nothing I do that isn't a poor attempt. You can find me on Twitter at KieranRH93. You can find me on Twitter at Libby underscore Cadman. And you can find me on Twitter at OneUpCulture. That was Into the Wrestleverse. We are Wrestle In, and now we're out.